0: of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by SEM Rush. It is our go-to SEO tool for doing audits, for tracking position and ranking, for really getting ideas on how to get more organic traffic for our clients, competitive intelligence, backlinks, and things like that. All the important SEO tools that you need for paid traffic, social media, PR, and of course, SEO. Check it out at SEMrush.com forward slash partner forward slash duct tape marketing and we'll have that in the show notes. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is John Lee Dumas. He's the host of EO Fire, an award-winning podcast where he interviews successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. That's right, every single day. It's up over 1,400 interview, a million monthly listeners. So it's really become not only a great place for you to get inspiration uh, just entrepreneurially, uh, but also to learn about podcasting. Um, and so we're going to talk about a variety of things today, uh, including uh, kind of a new Passion project that's turned into a big business all by itself, I think, uh, something called the Freedom Journal. So, uh, John, welcome back.
1: Well, John, I'm glad to be back. And combined, we're over 2,000 episodes, which that's just mind boggling.
0: Yeah, it really is. I've done it the long, hard way. You've done it the really <laughs> fast, cool way. <laughs> so, let's start there with podcasting. Um, is there anything new in the world of podcasting that, that you're seeing coming that you are telling people that they need to pay attention to?
1: Yeah, I say over and over again, if I launched Entrepreneur on Fire today, it would fail. It would fail in 2016 because number one, um, I was not a good podcaster when I launched. Um, it took me a long time to get my quote unquote interview chops. And you know that's why I did it daily so I could really get the practice in. And now I'm over 1500 episodes if I launched the show today it w- it would fail because it's too broad. It's not niche enough. I mean, I I land grabbed. You know, I was there early enough. I wasn't as early as you, of course, but I was there early enough where I was able to land grab and and really get a name and momentum that I've continued to be able to build momentum momentum momentum. So, I got there because of that. Um if I wanted to launch a successful show today in 2016, I would have to find a niche. And I'm not just talking like a a narrow niche. I'm talking like a narrow, narrow niche where I would just say, hey, I'm going to dominate this topic in the podcasting world in an area that I'm passionate about and that I have some value to give. And I'm going to do it in a meaningful way. So people that launch these broad topic podcasts I think are going to struggle because there's just a lot of saturation out there in the broad markets. But there's never enough niche podcasts, people that find that unique value distinguisher that's going to make them win. So that's what's new in 2016. In my opinion, podcasting is hot. It is the golden age of podcasting. You'll hear it over and over again. But for hosts, if you're starting anytime this year or next, Find that narrow niche and dominate it.
0: One of the things that I have attributed uh, to podcasting that not everybody talks about. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of people out there that would love to have the success and the revenue that's come with that success uh, directly related to podcasting that you have. But I talk to a lot of small business owners and actually tell them that one of the, the, the little talked about things that podcasting can bring you is access. Uh, there are many, many people that I have gained access to because I said, "Hey, I want to interview you and promote your book," as opposed to, "Hey, I just want to talk to you for twenty minutes and pick your brain." Um, and I think a lot of business owners miss that opportunity. I think there's a, I think there is a place for podcasting for somebody to just interview hot prospects in their community or people that are doing what they want to be doing in their community. What do you think about that type of podcasting?
1: I think that's great. I think the regional podcast is really powerful. And I I look back and I'm not honestly personally super religious of a person, but when I first heard about podcasting, it was from people, um, my friends that were talking about going to church services or More likely missing church services and then listening to the podcast afterwards, like on Monday or Tuesday. I was like, What's a podcast? And like, What do they, what, what do you mean by that? And they were kind of described, and I was like, Oh, so. Churches were kind of, interestingly enough, pretty early in on the podcasting game, like back in the mid 2000s, literally some churches were doing this for people that would miss church. And they proved that it can be a regional win, that people in a community will say, hey, I missed that service, but I I want to hear what the, the sermon was about. Let's do this. And people today are winning regionally as well. And so I think that's really important. I have a couple friends in the city of Portland, Maine, where I was born and raised and actually launched EO Fire back in 2012 in Portland, Maine. That are doing really cool regional podcasts that are being listened to because people want to know what's happening in Portland, not just in the world. They want, the niche podcast they want the specifics and that's why people like picking up the local newspaper because they're going to see you know their kids in the high school basketball game they're not going to get that on usa today that's why local newspapers are still winning on some levels and i think regional podcasts will as well
0: so what's your um uh, people love to talk about the tools and the technology involved in podcasting and uh, i i had mike stelzner on recently and he's uh social media examiner, he's always pushing me on the, oh, you need to do this to make your audio better and that to make your audio better. Um, What's your current mic mixer recording editing software setup?
1: Yeah, let me break it down. Number one, it's so much simpler than people think. All you need is a computer, a microphone of some sort, and then recording and editing software. Those are the three things that you need. So 99% of people that are listening right now, they have number one, they have that computer, you know, so they're good to go. And to be honest, these days, uh, a high level Android or iPhone uh, can honestly work as well. So number two, moving into microphones, I'll, I'll recommend three real quick, because I think there's, it's good to do different price levels. But my guests to be on my show at a minimum have to have the Logitech clear chat. It's 30 bucks, you can get it on Amazon. It just is a USB, it'll plug into a USB port, it's a headset um which is important having a headset and to really kind of quickly get into why that will cut out echo which is really important and feedback as well so the Logitech headset clear chat is 30 bucks on Amazon if you want to go up to what i consider a really high quality mic it's actually my number one recommendation combining cost and quality that's the ATR 2100 ATR 2100 80 bucks on Amazon it's an amazing quality mic my number one when you combine the cost and quality I'm on a Heil PR40, that's H E I L space PR40. It's 350 bucks, so it's not cheap. And to be honest, if I was launching a podcast today, I'd be going ATR2100 all the way downtown. The Heil PR40 is a broadcast quality mic, but until you're really generating significant revenue, like the ATR2100 is all you need. And, and and honestly, people like Tim Ferriss, who has one of the top-ranked business podcasts, that's what he uses. And no one, you know, people don't complain about his audio. They just love the show. And then for recording and editing software, I'm obsessed with Adobe Audition that is 20 bucks a month. Um you have to subscribe to the Adobe Creative Cloud for that. I've recorded and edited all 1500 EO Fire episodes in Adobe Audition. If you want to go free, you have Audacity which is great for Mac and PC. And if you want to go Mac cuz you're a Mac lover, then GarageBand works really great as well. And again, that's the record and edits your episodes, and then you're, you're good to go. Like that's a podcast and you just need to submit it to iTunes.
0: So oh, Adobe Audition works PC, uh, Mac too, right? So yes, it, it does matter. All right. Yeah. So what about a mixer? Um, do you, are you, uh, again, I know now we're going down the rabbit hole of, of making yeah. this more complex, but, <laughs> but, uh, um, I found that when I switched to just a little simple two channel mixer, um, it powered my mic a lot better.
1: Yeah. So I think a mixer can add benefit for sure. I recommend for people that, kind of struggle with the techie stuff, just don't even go with a mixer personally. Again, that would be me launching today. Now I launched in 2012 and I hired people like Cliff Ravenscraft who is a tech geek and, and, and I love him for it. So he set me up, you know, with a Personas Fire Studio mixer and a, a Firewire that goes into my Mac. And and this is the setup that I've had since 2012. I just pressed the power button and that's why it works for me because I don't touch anything. I don't touch the knobs. I'm just good to go. Um, but with... Computers as they are today with the audio cards in them and with Adobe Audition, Audacity, or GarageBand, whichever one you choose, they have FX, and that's just the letter FX so that you can just add um, to improve the audio. I personally don't think you need a mixer like you used to, but like you said, it can help with the with the boost and the gain and and taking out some of the hissing noises that is best to do at the source rather than after the fact.
0: Plus, I sound so much sexier with a little reverb, don't you think?
1: <laughs> you do sound sexy. I will say that.
0: <laughs> so what do you do after you hit stop? Uh, again, and I don't want to go down this whole road of like all the technical stuff. I'm more sure. more um, interested in the fact that you produce so many shows. You you obviously are getting some help after you hit stop. I'm, I'm guessing that may be the last time you fuss with the actual podcast.
1: Yeah, I have a whole team now at – Again, episode 1500, four years later. From day one, I learned it. You know, I got my hands dirty. I learned everything. I think it's important to know how to do these things because if you don't know how to do these things, you don't know how to train your team to do these things. So I really am glad that I got my hands dirty and I can do all of the stuff, the editing the, the, you know, exporting, the uploading into the media host, like all of those things I can do. But I have a team in place now that when I hit the stop button, they take it and they run. And then I do go back and I have my little checks and balances where I'm making sure that You know, everything's been uploaded correctly to the media host and to iTunes and to to my website. Um, But it's very minimal, the work that I do after the stop button because my team is in place. But it took me years to get here. And I think that people should not be afraid of getting their hands dirty to start.
0: Completely agree. And, And the technology has gotten so simple to use that once you know how to do it or once you know how you want your process done, it's really easy to make a checklist for a virtual assistant to do most of these steps because they're all, you know, have access to these kind of tools today, too.
1: It's unbelievable. Like I actually um, run the world's largest podcasting community, Podcasters Paradise. So every week, I'm doing a free podcast masterclass for anybody that wants to attend. And in that masterclass, I show people the eight steps of from all the way from hitting record, all the way to submitting to iTunes. There's eight steps. I show you how to do those eight steps on live. I do it live during this workshop in under three minutes. So once you know it, it's super simple.
0: Yeah, and that's so great too because I think part of what holds people back is they're thinking, oh, I don't, you know, who has hours every day to be doing this podcast? Right. But, but you're right, it's right. simple. What do you think about the... um the rush to live video that's going on kind of right now. And again, I, I know that's not podcasting, but in some ways it fits into that medium, uh, that space. Um, are you a fan of it or you think it's here to stay? You think it's a fad?
1: I'm a fan of it. I think that when you have built up an audience, that audience does want more of you. They want more behind the scenes. They want more little tidbits. And like I actually have a thing that I call JLD rants where I will use video. And I'm actually personally not a huge, what I would call quote unquote live video person as much as I am um, nearly live video person. and, And I say that because I do use pretty much daily Snapchat, Instagram stories, and Instagram. So when I hit publish... You know, it's immediately available to the world, but I'm not recording it live. Like I can do a a 10 second video on Snapchat and be like, oh, that was terrible. And I can redo it and redo it until I like it. Then I publish it and then it's available to the world. So it's not for me technically live. It's like near live. Um, I think some people are finding a lot of success with stuff that is live, like Facebook Live would be a good example, like Periscope, you know, before Facebook Live kind of came in and butted them out. And that is something that I'm seeing people um, use to build audiences. But I think there's a big, a really big concern here going back to, you know, what I said about the land grab is there's a lot of noise out there in this world, a lot of noise. So unless you have an audience that knows, likes and trusts you because you've built that up through different channels and you have something of meaning to say, then I think you're going to lose when it comes to live video And, and why I think Periscope Personally, lost, and a lot of people within Periscope wasted a ton of time because they had flip on Periscope and they would bring their face one inch from the screen. They'd be like, Oh, John, thanks for coming. Where are you from? Okay, yeah, Sarah from Ohio. Like, nobody wants to tune in consistently to something where you're just welcoming people and shouting out where they're from. I mean, once you've heard your, your name a couple of times, that kind of cool feeling rubs off. Now, people want meaning, they want value. That's why Gary Vaynerchuk is blowing up, not to mention he's also investing a ton of money, boosting his stuff because he has the disposable income to, you know, to put 300, 400, $500 into each one of his videos to really, you know, force it into people's feeds because it's pay to play when it comes to Facebook. So I think that live video is a great, a great way to practice is a great way to, you know, really start to try to build that audience that knows, likes and trusts you. But just be careful that you're not just adding more noise to the world. You have to add value.
0: Yeah, and I think that that, you know, again, this this sounds so silly to have to keep saying all the time, but you know, there has to be a purpose. There has to be a strategy. Am I there am I there to promote other things I'm doing? Am I there to, you know, try to give another flavor to the content that people already like? I mean, and and that's where I think you're right. A lot of people just turn it on and go, okay.
1: And to kind of put an exclamation point on your point is every time I flip on Snapchat, I have a quote that I'm inspired by. I have like a list of a thousand quotes that I love. And what I'll do is I'll say, hey, guys, this is a quote that I love from a great entrepreneur. And I'll obviously give the name and the credit to that person. And then I'll say, no, I want to do a rant on this this quote about how I think it affects us as entrepreneurs today. So every one of my Snapchat rants, my Instagram story rants, my Instagram videos, they are all – on purpose with a point where I'm saying, okay, you know, there's this great quote by Henry Ford and then I'll go through it and then I'll say, now this is where I think you can take that quote and use it today. So for me, they're all mini stories, mini rants off of meaningful words from successful entrepreneurs.
0: Let's uh, shift gears and talk a little bit about a project uh, that you have been working on. I don't know. I'm going to say seems like a year. Maybe it's been more than a year. Yeah, two years. Two years. Okay. Thefreedomjournal.com, a different different home for what we're going to talk about today. Uh, (laughs) So let's uh, describe that. What is The Freedom Journal?
1: So it was in early January of 2015 where I just – Kind of hit the tipping point where so many of my listeners of EO Fire, what I call, um, whom I lovingly refer to, I should say, as Fire Nation, um, were just asking me this question over and over again for you know the years leading up to 2015. And I finally just was like, okay, like this question is so important to people. And that was like, John, you've now interviewed thousands of successful entrepreneurs. Like, what's their secret to success? And my answer up to that point was always, they they work. Hard, like hard work, is such an important ingredient, and I, I and that absolutely it remains at the forefront of what I say to people to this day. Like that's you know such an important ingredient, but I knew that I wanted to give them more as well. So I really looked at people like you, John, you know, who are on my show, episode five sixty three, and and other great entrepreneurs like Tony Robbins, Barbara Corcoran, Brian Tracy that I've interviewed, and I said all of my past guests they know how to set and accomplish goals like that just kept coming up when i was doing this like in-depth study back in early 2015 and i said okay how can i create a tool uh, a solution like how can i bridge that gap where my guests who are successful entrepreneurs are setting and accomplishing meaningful goals and winning and a lot of my listeners are not and losing like how can i fix that how can i create the solution and that's where the idea for the Freedom Journal came. And I knew I wanted it to be special. You know, I wanted it not just to be like a PDF or something like an app like that could be easily replicated or just hidden on a desktop. Like, I wanted it to be special. So I knew from day one it was going to be this gorgeous, stunning, hardcover journal that would, you know, someone would be proud to hold. And, and then I set about learning everything that I could learn about goals and the setting of them and the accomplishing of them. And it took me a full year to create the content within the Freedom Journal. And so then fast forward to January of 2016, so coming up on a year ago, um, I launched the Freedom Journal via Kickstarter. And I didn't know, you know what people in 2016 were going to think about a hardcover journal. You know, you know, God forbid, you know, it's not virtual or in the cloud. So who knew? Um, but I, I trusted that this was something that was needed. And it just went viral. I mean, it became the sixth most funded publishing campaign of all time. It did four hundred and fifty-three thousand dollars in just thirty-three days. And again, this is for a thirty-nine dollar journal. Um, we did over nine thousand sales of the Freedom Journal in just those thirty-three days. And you being an author, John, you know that Book sales are pretty hard to come from. I mean, if you're over fifteen hundred sales, that this is what I've been told by other big time authors. Like, if you get over fifteen hundred sales, like you're kind of starting to get into the one percent. And so, in like thirty three days, boom. You know, I'm at nine thousand sales as we are speaking today. I'm over fourteen thousand Freedom Journal sold. And again, this is not a nine dollar book. Like, this is a thirty. $9 hardcover journal and it just connected with people and they saw that they could actually have an accountability partner that wouldn't let them fail because that's what it is. It's it's a step-by-step guide to setting a smart goal, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time bound, and then accomplishing that goal in 100 days through daily tasks, nightly recaps, 10-day sprints, so every 10 days you're accomplishing a micro goal. Quarterly review, so you're looking back over the previous 25 days and you're seeing what worked to amplify that, what didn't work to make adjustments and shifts so that by day 100 you've accomplished your number one goal.
0: And, you know, um, as I listen to you describe that, uh, that that's certainly um, – that, that's actually the path that I have proposed for most business owners, that, you know, you have your annual planning, which maybe that's where you set your your big audacious goal, you know, for the year. But obviously then you got to break it down into, you know, focus priorities for the quarter, and then all those priorities break down into – Many, many little tasks, and then you just start going, going to work on it, uh, you know, daily and, and weekly. So, uh, a, not only an individual goal planning, I think it, I think it's a tremendous, maybe you ought to have a sort of a sub freedom journal and, and create it as a business planning tool. <laughs> but, but, but then Let's people talk. think that was Let's really talk. boring. John.
1: <laughs> Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm up, I'm up for it. I think it, yes. uh, I think it's a great idea. The, the, the one thing I want to loop back to, and then, you know, Let's talk a little bit about why the Freedom Journal has been so successful in your mind. You know, this isn't new information. I mean, how how many people for like years and years and years have talked about setting smart goals? You know, yeah. what stops people from doing it? I think intellectually, everybody gets it, but why don't they take action or 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 you know, stick with it?
1: I think it's overwhelm. I think people when they look at what they want to grow in 2016 they have so many options you know they have the website to build the podcast to create you know the blogs to write the email list to grow the youtube videos the social media they have everything and they just get overwhelmed they get distracted they lose focus and that's why the freedom journal was ex- incredibly focused on accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days. The 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 subtitle is not accomplish all of your life goals in 100 days because that's why people fail. They set too many goals with too many different endpoints. They don't have that time boundness, which is so critical, and that's why that 100 days is in there. And, and they just get so distracted, and life, frankly, just takes over. So for me, I know, looking back at my journey, that a, setting the one goal, of launching EO Fire, which I did in about three, three and a half months, so it was right around 100 days, which again, back then, in 2012, I wasn't thinking I had 100 days, but looking back on it when I was the the future, I was like, wow, like that actually took me just about 100 days, um, but I really had to stick to a plan, and I had a mentor that was guiding me every step of the way, and so I know that by me setting the goal of launching EO Fire, and then, and then accomplishing that goal by launching it about three, three and a half months later, that was me knocking over the one big domino that was the result for the chain reaction of awesome that happened post EO fire. Like if I was trying to do a hundred different things and I never launched EO fire, I would have been successful at nothing because EO fire was the catalyst for all of my success that had to become real. That had to become published for me to do anything of significance or substance from that point forward. So once I did press publish of EO fire, that domino knocked over all these other things that have since led to, you know, us today, where we're generating multiple six figures of revenue every single month from a very diverse stream, uh, a very diverse streams of income, sometimes 10, sometimes up to 15 every single month, you know, which we report at eofire.com slash income, because we want to just share how our business has grown from accomplishing one goal, launching a podcast.
0: You know, it is a classic example of doing more by, you know, really focusing on less. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's, you know, that's the the, the typical business owner. I mean, it's like, okay, we're going to do our annual plan and here are 12 strategic initiatives. And, you know, nobody can, nobody can hold more than two or three at the most, um, and, and really have any accountability. So, uh, it, it really does apply. Um, in, so, so let's say you accomplish that one goal in 90 days or hundred days. Uh, is it then simply a matter of saying, okay, what's the next big one? And, and let's, Let's put that in the hopper.
1: Absolutely, because uh, that's what I was really seeing that my guests were succeeding in. They were setting that one big goal, accomplishing that meaningful goal, and they're saying, "Okay, now that I've accomplished this incredibly meaningful goal, what's next?" You know, for me, it was Podcasters Paradise, you know, which is now over three thousand members, over four million dollars in revenue. But that goal can never have been set without accomplishing the first one first. So it's one step at a time. Now, of course you're doing and accomplishing other things along the way. Like that's really important to do. But your one clear, concise focus is on one thing. Like right now, I have one focus, one focus right now. And that's on the next journal that I'm launching this coming January. Nothing else matters to me. Like that is my one focus. I will accomplish other things along the way. But I will absolutely make sure that that number one focus gets accomplished for the January 23rd launch because that is my number one.
0: Well, and and what that allows you to do is make choices, right? You get asked to do this. You get asked to do that. You get asked to do that. Well, now all of a sudden it's like, well, this one serves my goal. These two don't. Easy choice, right? Yes. So there's been a lot written about these kind of dual principles of attention and intention. Um, and, and I think that, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. The idea of intention, meaning, you know, here's where I want to go. (laughs) You know, here is my goal. But then the attention part is, okay, so here are the things, there are the three things that I have to focus on in order to meet that goal. And I think what happens is not enough people really carefully construct both of those elements.
1: I think a lot of people don't construct sometimes either of those elements, and that can be a really big struggle. Um, I'm kind of curious, you know, kind of turning this back on you, John, because I'm kind of curious about where you're coming from for this. I mean, like what's an example of, of like where you've seen this happen, like maybe from, from your audience?
0: Well, yeah, so so my intention uh, that is that drives me, and of course it 's evolved over the years, but my intention and what really got me going on duct tape marketing was that I saw a lot of small business owners doing what I think is the funnest thing in the world, owning your own business, but it was sucking the life out of them uh, because they couldn 't figure out the marketing part, and so my intention uh somewhat is somewhat of a mission to to save you know small business owners from themselves, you know one one small business owner at a time, or to you know ultimately have millions of small businesses. Small business owners that now have a much richer life because they've been able to figure out this marketing thing. You know, that, that ultimately is my intention, but that's, you know, that's a pretty big thing. Uh, so my attention then is on, you know, quarterly almost. Okay. What's going to move me towards that goal? Well, perfecting this system or building this tool or having this conversation. I mean, those become the things that, that are the, the priorities, so to speak, for the quarter that I know are driving me towards that, you know, that bigger thing. That there'll be more, you know, big rocks that come along the, uh, you know, each quarter. But that that the ultimate thing driving me uh, is that one thing that is, you know, the intention of my entire business.
1: And I think it's important that we do realize that this is the journey. I mean, this is the journey that we're on, and a lot of people just have this end goal, and you see this happen in Silicon Valley all the time. Like you yeah, have people. That literally kill themselves for years, and they sacrifice everything else for that one, you know, IPO, that one sale, and they think that that's going to just solve everything and change the world. And then, you know, they finally, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of them end up failing, and, and it never works, and they, they go back to ground zero. But the point one percent that it actually even does work for, then they're just like, oh my god, like what's next? Like now I have no purpose in life. I, I this was my life, and now I so that never achieved any kind of balance, any semblance of understanding that. It's the journey. Like it's all about the journey and that's, you know, with your quarterly and annual goals and my 100 days, it's about recognizing and experiencing the journey
0: intentionally. Yeah. And I think if you have a big enough, what I refer to as intention, you know, it's like the horizon. It's going to keep moving away from you. You know, you almost want to have something that you you never can actually ultimately realize, (laughs) but but then it's important to turn around and say, wow, look how far we've come, you know, (laughs) occasionally. So... John, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We're talking to John Lee Dumas. He is the host of EO Fire. Find it at eofire.com. And, of course, we talked today a little bit about The Freedom Journal, thefreedomjournal.com. And maybe you'll come back in uh, January of 2017 and we'll talk about your new uh, project.
1: Well, I'd love that.
0: I hope to see you out there on the road.
1: Definitely.